Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, a retrospective pro wrestling podcast network where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, and or feuds from your pro wrestling past. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and I am here with the mayor of Kicking Out at Two, Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, how's it going, buddy? I'm ready to rumble, dude. Let's do this, man. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is, um, how, how many years ago was this one? How old were you? This was... This was 24 years ago, so I was. Oh, I can't oh, do my fucking math. We're dating ourselves now. Yeah, I, I was. I was. I was about to turn 10. I was nine this year. So I think I was 14, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was 14 years old. Oh yes. When the, when when this uh, when this pay per view came out, this was actually one of the few pay per views I was allowed to get. Um, you know, because my parents didn't let me order every pay-per-view, but for some reason, on a whim, my brothers and I were like, "Let's ask mom if we can get the Royal Rumble." And uh, you know, we literally, it was funny too because my father wasn't home. I don't know where my father was, um, but my father wasn't home. Usually, he was the deal breaker, but my mother was the softer one. So uh, we had said, "Mom, can we get the Royal Rumble and we'll all, you know, pitch in and you know, you can take our allowance with our chores and." Um, she thought that was a good idea, so we said, yeah, sure, and then that, there we have it. We got to watch the Royal Rumble. Very cool, very cool. Yes, the Royal Rumble 1997, that's what we're recapping here all the way from January 19th, 1997. We're just going to be recapping the uh, the actual Rumble itself, though. Um, I know this is um, an interesting time for us all right now, but quarantine and rumble time is always fun. The Royal Rumble coming up on January 31st this year in 2021. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on the Royal Rumble? I know you and I have had a Royal Rumble episode on your show kicking out at two. Um, any thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm be the first to say this due to my work schedule i won't be able to see the royal rumble live no. so i'll be I'll, I'll be a little disappointed usually the rumbles are like you know my rumble and mania are like my 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 two favorites that i look forward to the most um every year even though they have like 800 million more pay-per-views throughout the year between the saudi arabia shows and you know all the other fucking garbage they put out the superstar spectacular tribute to the all the other bullshit they put out but rumble and mania are my two favorites so i won't be able to get to watch the rumble live this year so i have to avoid social media text messages um uh, message in a bottle uh smoke signals anything that's going to spoil my viewing of the royal rumble 2021 i'm going to have to avoid it at all costs well delete the uh WWE Network from your app from your phone because back in the day it used to spoil the results as a live pay per view was going on. And oh, I, was like, I don't oh, get the I don't, I don't I don't get the notifications okay. on my yeah. phone. I don't do I that. So that, but yeah. yeah. I, I don't do that with social media either when it comes to, like, Facebook and Instagram and things like that. So I don't have to worry about that. I just got to worry about people being stupid and being like, hey, did you see that? Look who came back. Oh, my God, they eliminated him. And, you know, right. then that's when you're going to lose my friendship really quickly. Um, if, if you dare, um, reach out to me via text message, smoke signal, message in a bottle, social media, what have you. Uh, but, yeah, um, as far as the Rumble matches itself, um 
I'm interested to see what kind of setting they're going to do this in because it's going to be in the Thunderdome and how they're, you know, because we talked about it on the Rumble episode that I did with you on, on kicking on it too. You know, they're going to be in the Thunderdome, and so the audience is a big part of the participation of the Rumble match when they do the countdown. The I'm sure they're going to pipe. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah. And who gets eliminated? So like, they're going to pipe in a lot of that stuff. I, I'm just, I'm interested to see how that's going to come across on television. I've been hearing that. They've been discussing and toying with the idea of changing the concept up in the way that they produce it. So I don't know if there's going to be um, <clears throat> a cinematic flair, excuse me, to to the matches, to the to the men or the women's matches, or to both. But I'm interested to see what they're what they're going to do um, with the, uh, the the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I wonder uh, if match it would presentation. Be, yeah, I wonder if it would be anything like the uh, Money in the Bank presentation where. Uh, oh, that was awful. Uh, yeah, and then what happens with the women's Rumble? It's going to be interesting to watch two Rumbles uh, with no audience, like you said. But I, I guess the um, keeping us entertained with the cinematic presentation is what they might have in mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what they're doing, especially the first Royal Rumble with Pat Patterson not being involved uh, after his passing. Um, That's another thing, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was a big part of the Royal Rumble. He would, I mean, even though he wasn't working for the company, you know, regularly on a full-time basis, he'd come in and, um, you know, uh, give some input in the in the Rumble match. In later years, you know, guys like Jamie Noble, Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson that used, used to work for WWE, those guys would put together the Rumble match, and Pat would throw a couple of things in here or there. Um, I believe last year, Shane McMahon had a big part in producing the Royal Rumble match itself uh, with a few other guys, Michael Hayes maybe as well. Dude, dude, dude. But, um... You know, what you're going to do is you're going to take him, you're going to throw him over the top rope, both feet hit the floor. And then after you get done, you're going to get up and you're going to be like, you, it's going to be like that scene in Texas when when, when when I turned around, I saw Carrie right in front of me. And that was when the whole feud started off. You're going to get all fired up, working up, and then you're going to be like, Terry, buddy Jack, we're going to get them boys from Dallas. But no, anyhow... Um, yeah, so Patterson used to have a big part in the Rumble, you know, producing the matches. I mean, he was the creator of it. Um, I'm not sure when you plan on dropping this, but by the time that this drops, there's going to be a Pat Patterson documentary on the WWE Network uh, entitled My Way. I'm sure that they're, they're, they're going to be discussing um, his um, involvement in the creation of the Royal Rumble match. Mm -hmm. So, um, 30 men yeah. to pick from. You know that's Pat's dream. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. I knew I was waiting. I was waiting for a Pat Patterson joke to come up. <laughs> no, Damn, you just you got. Oh my goodness, you have no you you have no sympathy for the dead. No, you know no. between the, the Owen Hart jokes and and then you know now Pat Patterson. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and if you like, want to know what Dave is talking about, you can check out any uh, illustrious podcast that we've done in the archive over at Retromania on any pod casting app by searching Retromania with a W. Uh, Dave has a bunch of shows over there kicking out at two. Uh, Dave, you ran down a lot of stuff this past month, uh, January, doing a lot of Rumble themes. Isn't that correct? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we did uh, the the um, Mount Rushmore of the Royal Rumble undercard with you and I. That was a lot of fun. Where we talked about our favorite undercard matches in Royal Rumble history. Uh, we talked. We also did a, our trading places format with the 1996 Royal Rumble event, which was the 25 year anniversary of that event. Um, 
for those of you unfamiliar, Trading Place is a concept that my brother and I had created here on Kicking Out at Two, where uh, we take it, we take the results of an event and we swap them, and we try to map out the trajectories of the winners and losers and see where the the, the landscape of the storylines and certain wrestlers fall. So this is 1996. 96 was a big year in wrestling. Uh, it was a pivotal year. A lot of change took place in the WWF. It was also the year that the NWO was created over in WCW. So imagine if Razor Ramon kept the Intercontinental title and didn't lose to Gold Dust. Um, and, and imagine if Diesel won the Royal Rumble instead of Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know, what would their trajectories be in the World Wrestling Federation? Would they even make it over to WCW to create the NWO with Hollywood Hulk Hogan? That's something that I thought was very interesting to kind of ponder and, and put the fantasy booking cap on. So check that out over in the archives. And we also got a special uh, uh, Royal Rumble watch along with Dennis and myself. I, I asked Dennis, which Rumble do you want to watch? And he said, you know... I want to watch the Royal Rumble where Maven eliminated The Undertaker. So that year was 2002, so we got to watch that. That's in the archives as well. You can go check that out. Awesome. Good stuff. And uh, like I said, if you like that show, if you like any of our shows, we have so many more uh, shows on the podcast network. We have Cool Truth with AC, Whitehouse, and Edwards where they run down AEW. We also have Gaijin Wrestling Radio with me talking about some Japanese wrestling, some NXT every now and then. And then we have some classic podcast the origin of attitude and hulkamania is dead that drops every once in a while the most original fantasy book wrestling podcast and all the kicking out at two content your ears need that's once again searching any podcasting app retromania with a w um please like rate review share subscribe if you dig the show um let's let's get into this this is a watch along so we're gonna have a lot to talk along about while we watch along um you can watch along with us if you want or you can just listen to dave and i um you know banter back and forth and have some uh knowledge and some fun uh some fun stories that relate to us as well during this time uh so dave uh let us know how to get there how, how we're gonna do this and uh Start us off. All right, WWE Network. Hopefully you're logged in by then. Um, you can search Royal Rumble 1997. The date is January the 19th, 1997. Um, you can find that one of two ways. You can either search for the Royal Rumble itself, or you can search um, the year 1997 when you go click on the paper, the WWE pay-per-view sidebar on the left-hand side. Um, once you find Royal Rumble 1997, you can jump to that match, which is time-stamped at 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 10 seconds. So pause that once you get there. Have your television on mute. Um, you're going to hit a, You're going to get a commercial. Uh, could be for 205 Live, could be for Charmin Toilet Paper, could be for the Royal Rumble. doesn't make a difference, but you're going to get Either way, I got big get... dreams or I got big dumps. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> big dreams, big dumps, <laughs> cruiserweight bumps. It don't make a difference. It's all there. It's all there in the commercial. Um so you're gonna so you're gonna skip that commercial and you're gonna get to one hour twenty two minutes ten seconds. Um, when I say play, you're gonna hit play. Um, maybe from time to time we might put the audio on. Not sure, but uh, I'll let you know. Give you a timestamp and we'll check in every every so often. Um, we're gonna watch the Rumble match itself from 1997, not the entire pay per view. So just be prepared. One hour twenty two minutes ten seconds. Um, and without a further ado, if you are ready, hopefully you are. If not. Pause this recording, get yourself ready to 1 hour and 22 minutes and 10 seconds, 
and do your thing. But if you are ready, in three, two, one, hit play. Open here with Fink. The Fink. Howard Finkel. I, I believe this is where he um where he uh, he announces the attendance. Yeah, sixty thousand four hundred and seventy-seven people, Don't. which was at that time in the WWF a big deal because they weren't drawing big houses. No, this was a big uh, this is a big draw for Sean and Sid in the uh, the Alamo. Yep, that's right, San Antonio, Sean's hometown. From what I heard, um, heading into this event, real quick, that, pretty... did we miss the sign at the beginning that says Del Rio loves? WWF, and that's Del Rio town, but of course, uh, uh, Del Rio. We oh, must have missed it. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we missed it. Or maybe it's coming up. Um, the, you know, the 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 big promotional um, push for this event. WWF did a ticket promotion with like Seven Eleven, I believe, in the local area mm-hmm. in San Antonio, and they were able to get like I believe. You know, they said 60,477. I believe 40-something thousand paid for this event, wow. if I'm not mistaken. And, and a lot of them were um, comps and, uh, uh, you know, promotional giveaways and things like that. But um, Yeah, a lot of NWO signs there, a lot of uh, Four Horsemen t-shirts, too. Um, this was also the night before the NWO sold out pay- – or this was the night after the NWO sold out pay-per-view. Yes. So there, this so, was the time when there was a Saturday and a Sunday night pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, not not regularly did WCW run Saturdays, but with the NWO concept, they tried to do something a little different here. And uh, speaking of a little different, PG-13. the number one entrant Coming out. in the Royal Rumble match here, Crush, with, as a member of the Nation of Domination. Now, this was... D'Lo I don't in know, the background, too. Yeah, yep, that's Ryan right. D'Lo, D'Lo Brown in, in the background. Now, this, for me... Um, this version of the nation, I thought was interesting. Um, I know it didn't set the world on fire. I know that most people remember the Nation of Domination when it was revamped later in the year when they brought in The Rock and all those other guys. But um, this was an interesting version of the nation. I actually kind of liked the rivalry with Farouk and Ahmed Johnson. Absolutely, I um, think I think this uh, this the first incarnation of any type of group is always interesting to me. You see the origin of it. Um, yep. and, and how they how they kind of piggybacked off some of these other characters and then built bigger personalities surrounding and then kind of geared it more towards the uh, the black on black violence. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that, that Ahmed Johnson hot as hell here too. Um, yeah, he was a big Jesus deal. Christ, I, I mean, look at those arms. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you tighten up those armbands around your holy crap. Your underarm area. What about the what about the, the twelve knee pads he's wearing? Oh all yeah, his thighs too. I never understood a thigh that. Pad, knee pad, a calf pad, shin pad. Why don't you just wear shoulder pads and a fucking helmet too while you're at this it? This was crush. Crush had came back uh, within the last year, correct? A couple months before. Yeah, they. I, I I remember if I remember correctly, they they tried to play him up like he was a convict, which I believe he did spend some time in jail for some gu- for some drug related charges and some gun charges. So they, they, they brought that into his persona this time around with the nation as like his his backup. Hmm. Or he was backup for the nation. Right. Uh, who'd have thought crush meant crush up pills? Oh, that could have meant the case yeah. too. Jesus Christ, another dead guy that you gotta <laughs> You're going to hell, so, you know that, right? Probably. So yeah. uh, br- bring me back a little bit. Uh, you said you were 14 at the time. Do you, what are yes. your memories of watching this actually live? Like, you, you know, this rumble. 
any feelings um, that you remember? Yeah, I was pretty excited because it was a very rare occasion in my house that we got to order pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Um, and so it was a living room full of us Rosenbluth boys. It was just the four of us uh, watching this event. Um, so, and also too. Here's another thing, too, that I remember about this. Another reason why my mother let us watch this pay-per-view and order it was Martin Luther King Day was the following day, so we didn't have school. Uh-huh. So we were able to watch this pay-per-view um, without having to worry about going to school the next day. So that was another reason why my mother um, was sold on the idea of, of, of ordering this event for us. So I just remember um, being excited for watching this show just because it was, you know, very few and far between we were allowed to order pay-per-views. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and this is how this is how silly my wrestling memory is, the last time I was I ordered a pay-per-view before this event was WrestleMania 11. Okay. Which was two years prior. Okay. So, or no, SummerSlam 95, excuse me. SummerSlam 1995, which was about two years prior, so. Fake Razor entering here. Yeah. Oh, God. Never never liked this. He tried so hard. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with this. I honestly don't, but it was just, it was awful. And I'm glad that it was very quick in this instance here. As you see Ahmed Johnson tossing out Razor Run Home, because <laughs> uh, that's where he's going to need to go to. Um, quick. In and out spot right there. Yeah, back to. Uh, oh, please, Ahmed, Ahmed fix those pants because there's been some unflattering shots of Crush trying to throw you over the top rope. It's not the first time Ahmed Johnson has had a wardrobe malfunction. I think we've seen his 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 little Ahmed Johnson um, on an occasion or two um, in a match. Oh man, if he were in the nation, it would be Ahmed Johnson, correct? <laughs> Uh, if, when he finally joined that. Oh, wait, what's he oh, doing no, here? he jumps he over himself. and... Oh, that's why, because he's going to chase after Farouk. Well, not Look a smart that. spot. They tried to book him like Savage, but uh, I don't know. Oh, when Savage did that that one yep. year, and they had to make the excuse that on, on the fly that like you can only be eliminated by somebody throwing you over the top rope, if, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, indeed, yeah. Now that, that, that rule's been retconned as we see Phineas Godwin coming down with, uh, wow, Hillbilly Jim is still around in 1997. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Hillbilly Jim was with the WWF, WWE for a long time following that in like a public relations uh, role. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so he used to do a lot of the... Autograph signings, um, you know, charity events, things like that. Um, it wasn't until the year that they inducted him into the Hall of Fame that he wasn't working with the company anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, they had let him go, and I believe, um, but they would still bring him back for like WrestleMania weekend. And the year that they called him to go into the Hall of Fame, he was actually gonna. He thought that they were calling him to work WrestleMania weekend, and he was just, you know, I remember reading an interview where he talked about um, travel was just too much for him. And then when they said, you're going to the Hall of Fame, he was like, well, shit, I can't turn that down. Right, right. Um, So that's why he had his four-hour speech that year at the Hall of Fame. My goodness. Uh, but, yeah, here we see Crush and Phineas Godwin. Phineas Godwin, the um, the, uh, the the result of first cousins marrying. Oh, uh, yeah. Um uh, speaking of of this time and and, and actually seeing um, uh, Hillbilly Jim, this this reminds me. I just saw a, a tape or 
a video on uh, YouTube of a WWF fan with a handheld cam. And it was before um, the meet and greet for WrestleMania, I believe it was 12 or 13. I think okay. 12. And he uh, he's in line doing a signing. And there's Hillbilly Jim and then there's Henry R. O. Godwin and Phineas I, uh, you know, Phineas Godwin as well. Here's the man, Austin, yep. coming down right now. Wow. And there's two girls from uh, the UK asking uh, Henry and Phineas what they're doing later and what they're getting into. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I could hear oh it in goodness. the yeah, background. Yeah. That's hilarious. I know. And then later, <laughs> later, the guy who owns the camera, look, Austin can't even get in with the vest. I always thought that was funny. Yeah, why didn't he just take it off on the way to the ring? Well, like, it's a instead he good way for him to get kicked down by Henry right there. I mean, uh, Phineas. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, that was yeah, that was always funny too. He couldn't get he he takes it off as he's getting in there. Like he, he's he, he's putting himself at a disadvantage. Come on, you're smarter than that, Steve. There's some Austin three sixteen signs and shirts as well. Uh, not yes. as predominant as we would come to know, but uh, definitely in there. Man, well, this is pre this is pre WrestleMania 13. Yeah. This is this is for the, sh- the the title shot at WrestleMania 13. So this is before, um, you know, he pretty much put himself on the map after that match with Brett. This is when um, he was. I, I absolutely hated Stone Cold Steve Austin at this time. I was so this mad. Is, this is where I started to like him. Well, now I didn't understand. I didn't. Again, I I was nine years old, so my hero Brett was. Uh, was not going to be messed with by this dirty heel who was a uh, he was so b- good at being a shitty heel, right? Yeah. And this is oh, his, this is his like coming out match. Oh, this is yeah, this is his star making performance right here with with this Royal Rumble. Um I think if I rem- if, if I remember correctly um in the living room Bart Gun here entering um when we were watching this match in the living room us Rosenbluth boys after Austin goes on a little bit of a tear, um, you know, with a few of these guys, I, I think I remember either it was either myself or it was one of my brothers that said Stone Cold's winning this. Okay. Um, and oh, geez, that was a that was a little sloppy, but whew, what a clothesline! Bart was Damn. never the smoothest in the ring, but yeah. Nope. That's why he had Billy as his partner. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, we saw him try to deliver that famouser to Austin and nearly, uh, you know, hurt him. Yeah, but I was always I was always very fond of Austin, even in his WCW days. Um, See, I was as, not aware you know, of, of him then. As part of the Dangerous Alliance and Hollywood Blondes, and um, so see, in the beginning, when seeing him bald, it was it was. It, it was quite the sight because I was used to him as stunning Steve, but I'd always enjoyed watching him. Um, he's one of the very few bad guys as a kid that I enjoyed watching. And then when he, I think it was like I said, right around this time, this match here was when I was like, like I became an Austin guy. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Where I was like, damn, like he's freaking good, man. Like, oh, um, Jake the Snake, after knocking back a bottle of cheap Thunderbird, he's on his way to the ring. Well, this is the man that uh, Austin defeated um, in the finals of the King of the Ring to become the and have the catchphrase Austin 316 said, I just whooped your ass. So That's right. They're carrying that on little correct. lingering moments. Uh, this is obviously Patterson is involved with uh, booking this, some storytelling yep. here. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about Rumbles is uh, you get some lingering notes of history if you pay attention. Yes. 
bold rivalries yes. and alliances or new things rivalries like that. Yes. Yeah, or you'll see, you know, a lot of times you'll see, you know, like two big monsters, they'll clear the ring and then they turn around, they both stare at each other, you get the big matchup, the crowd kind of, you know, gets into it. That always that never fails. Right. It doesn't matter what era it is. That 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 setup usually never fails, yeah. you know, if it's whether it's a big show at Kane or a Braun Strowman and a Keith Lee, um, you know, stuff like that will never fail in the Rumble. People always are excited to see that kind of um that, that kind of interaction but yeah you're right you know little little hints of um of, of story risk control um, there by jake while uh, austin is stomping on him this is really that nice is pretty work, good too man. really yeah. nice stuff i would have liked to see them maybe have locked it up a couple more times but obviously jake was not the uh, healthiest of people right here but i'm telling you jake and austin is another match that that it's slept on um the yeah. way that they work the psychology between the two oh. wow Jake's gone and Davy Boy is making his way. Like I like that how we see the picture-in-picture uh, because picture, they had just started to utilize it on their television more and more. Um, so as we see, they utilized it during the pay-per-view here. And again, another thing that I noticed, uh, this is the last Rumble where we get the red, white, and blue ropes, man. Um, next year um, next year would be all red with the black. Uh, they were transitioning okay. to the Attitude yeah. Era. So uh, this is the uh, last little remnants of the WWF kind of sticking around. I kind of wish they would go back to the red, white, and blue for, like, pay-per-views. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, at the very least, um, you know, for their TV shows, whether it's Raw. I'm pretty sure they do it for Smackdown. main event. We just don't see that show. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, really, you don't. Like, who watches main event uh, other than the guys who are on main event? Right. Um, but this is interesting here. Um, Davy Boy and Austin, I believe at this time, this is where they were starting to really um, little subtle planting of the seeds with, you know, Austin and the Hart family. Um, he had kind of had some interaction with Davy Boy. I honestly, personally, I honestly thought that WrestleMania was going to see Austin against, like, Davy Boy or Owen. It was almost like they were kind of turning Davy Boy into a baby face for a little mm -hmm, bit here. Mm -hmm. They were kind of showing some some uh, some uh, seeds of dissension with Owen as a tag team, and I thought like him and Austin were going to hook it up at WrestleMania because they they just had this intensity about them that like every time they like they locked up um, in like a pull apart brawl or or uh, uh, you know. An interaction on TV, the, the the audience like they really popped for it. So um, I thought that that would have been a, a high profile match at WrestleMania that year. But um, this is uh, Pierrot from Triple uh, A. This is this was the Royal Rumble where they inserted some of the Triple A guys into the match. Yeah, this they were is trying the famous to... story of Neil Mascaris Noyab. Noyab, that's right. Noyab. He's going to he jump. No he's going to jump over the top rope just like Ahmed Johnson. So maybe yeah. maybe Ahmed Johnson went backstage and said, "Boom, boom." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least at least when at least the, the only thing those two guys have in common is they both couldn't speak very good English. Absolutely. Um, I, I think you're right though. There there was a there was a direction here for uh, British Bulldog, but I, I think he was kind of always swandering with uh, what direction to go in the WWF. It seemed like they would try to they would kind of pull the trigger on him and then kind of yield back a bit throughout his career. They always had it in the back of their mind that they wanted him to be a big single star. <laughs> and for whatever reason, things just didn't pan out that way. Um, whether that's, um, you know, 
timing or injuries or it just that he worked better with Owen. I don't know. I, I mean, I always like the tag team with Owen. To have some substance problems and not be re- oh, yeah, not be course, reliable that, that as well. So um, speaking of substance problems, Iron Sheik making his way to the ring, <coughs> representing <laughs> representing the Sultan. Oh, yes, the Sultan. <laughs> You lied to me. Um, <laughs> the stink face definitely, uh, you know, they'll behead you. Yeah. It's for sure. <laughs> so uh, this is interesting, too. I mean, this is Austin pre-neck injury. You know, he, he's got no braces on his legs. No knee yeah, braces. I mean, yeah, he's he's a fully healthy Steve Austin yes, here. Indeed. Um, Sultan going to throw Sharoth over. People people sleep on Steve Austin's wrestling ability because you know because of the injuries he had to change his style to a brawling style which made sense for the Stone Cold character but man he could he could wrestle you know and you and I have watched plenty of older Steve Austin stuff in WCW with Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes yes, indeed. And, you know and Barry Windham yep. and names like that like and then his stuff you know part of the Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman I mean you know people forget that he was a really good wrestler yeah look at him before. taking out Bulldog here and he's always he's psychological no matter what even when he was dwindled down to what he, he couldn't work anymore. The psychological aspect of his brawling and how he wore down an opponent and how they fought against him, it always made sense. It made sense for his character, absolutely. Um, who do we got coming out next? Uh, here we go. That's right, Mr. Noyab, Mil Mascaris. Ah. Yeah, this was, um, this was a big deal in that area, in San Antonio, big uh, Latin American population. But um, I believe the AAA... You know, uh, affiliation here for this Rumble match was to kind of see if they could do, if they could, if they could uh, put together a working relationship. You know, well, for the future. Well, they did. I they did that, briefly because they did Super Astros. Um, that's true. They were trying to go. For, they were trying to go for that Latin American market. And that show lasted those. from this time until about uh, 1999. Believe it or not. Um, yes, I okay. Now that now I'm starting to remember that. Yeah, yeah. But and um, they had. I think yeah, they wanted they to do a lot more. Of these guys on there. Yeah, I think they wanted to do more of the 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 uh, Latin American stars on mainstream television, like Raw, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of their 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 secondary programming, other than just a a strictly Latin American wrestling show. Right. Um, I think it was to kind of counter and combat WCW's uh, use of the Luchadors with the cruiserweight division. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe, um, I believe they were using, were they were they using AAA talent or were they using CML CMLL? I think that it was um, it was uh, AAA talent. Um, they were using AAA yeah. talent. Okay, so so some of these AAA guys were kind of double dipping back and forth. Yeah. Um, speaking of double dipping, management and star. Triple H, mm-hmm. well, that not not Hunter then, but Hurst now Helmsley, he's mind you. yes, yes. This was um, hot in his feud with Goldust. That's right. He was trying to go after Marlena at one point, mm-hmm. and uh, Goldust wasn't having it. Imagine um, if I ended up with Terry. Oh, yeah, God. that would have been. Wow. So uh, going back on the working agreement with Triple A, uh, remember the 1993 Royal Rumble? They worked with New Japan, correct? Um, uh, yeah, they had, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Tenru. Jenrico Tenru, and then they had Kabuki, but, I mean, Kabuki wasn't really. But but that working agreement with Tenru, and then he uh, went on to 
to start SWA, and that was kind of like a working agreement. Uh, as we see, Bulldog eliminating Sultan. I'll, I'm working my way to my point here. Uh, so there was yeah. a there was an a, agreement between WWF and uh, SWA, uh, a kind of split league between New Japan and. Uh, some WWF guys, and then in 1994 we saw some Smoky Mountain uh, crossover there for needed talent, and then here we see the AAA. What are you? What are your thoughts on maybe like what if they expand the Royal Rumble and we get maybe like AEW or uh, Impact? I know that that would be something few or far. I mean, they have tried to introduce NXT as that new brand or new people that can be involved in the Royal Rumble to get some more talent in there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Owen Hart coming well, out. It's interesting. It's interesting that you uh, that you say that because recently on an episode of Tama Tonga's podcast, Tama's Island, um, he kind of sh- he kind of gave a gave a, uh, a verbal shout out to WWE. Um, you know, kind of inviting them to 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 a possible working relationship with New Japan. Interesting. Um, now I don't listen to his podcast. Somebody had sent me a transcript of it, and he basically just kind of he kind of put down the Impact AEW relationship, and he was like, nobody gives a fuck about Impact, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then he was like, New, New Japan's always been here. Why, you know, we have, we would have no problem working with WWE. That would be interesting. Oh wait oh, a minute. Wow. Owen eliminating Bulldog here. Now, see, this is where, like I said earlier, where I really thought that they were kind of going to go with a Davy Boy babyface run because of stuff like this, the interaction with Owen and the disagreements they were having. Absolutely. You know, things like that. So I was kind of hoping that maybe we would see, um, whether it was Davy Boy and Austin or even Davy Boy and Owen, which we eventually saw for the European Championship in that, that episode of Monday Night Raw, but I thought that was going to be a WrestleMania match as well. Yeah, it seemed like they um, were going in that direction for me as a child, too. A, a match that I would have liked to see. Which, I mean, that I would European... have seen that against Vader, than then, then tagging up against Vader and Mankind. Yeah, the, um, that, that European Championship match is, is incredible as well. That's the only bright spot of that Monday Night Raw. I believe that's the last Monday Night Raw before they 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 turned it over to Raw's yes. War, where they had yep. the Titantron and the ramp. Yep. Um, Goldust entering, uh, hobbling down to the ring. I don't know if you noticed that he was he was he was having some trouble getting down. Well, there. he had a figure but, four uh, locked on him earlier by uh, Triple H, and they were in a hell of a match as well. That's true. Yeah, storytelling continuity. Look at that, Kobe. Look at there that. There we go. Uh, there we see the replay. What if that happens oh, in today's wrestling, Dave? It's like I'm kidding. <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you what happens in today's wrestling. Oh, that's so fucking predictable. Oh, my I know. God. My, my blind grandmother could write better for WWE. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Give me a break. God forbid you 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 hold off and you, you extend storylines and you don't give everybody the finish right away. Mm-hmm. It becomes an issue. But then when you but then when you give people what they want, then they're like, oh, they should have built that up longer. Right. I mean, you right. can't please wrestling fans, especially today. God forbid. Oh, no. I mean, now in, today, in today's cinematic world of wrestling, because of the pandemic everyone's trying to do something different to stand out and and be entertaining because there is no um live audience to participate and people crap all over wrestling like you know like they could do better well right now they really can't yeah (laughs) you know what i mean although although i'm getting to a point here look uh, at what look at what mel maskers is doing to steve austin i'm sorry he's just grabbing him by the ears and twisting his ears i'm sorry that was hilarious that that was interesting go ahead wrestle me who's cybernetico cybernetico from the triple a organization um 
What was I going to say? Oh, but yeah, no, audience-wise, um, it looks like WrestleMania this year. It's going to be two nights. In, it's going to be in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. They're going to give Tampa a do-over. But they're looking to get 25,000 fans for each mm. each, each night of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, Florida's Florida's been kind of the the, uh, the, the renegades during this pandemic with without any real restrictions. Mm-hmm. But um, Tampa's also hosting the Super Bowl coming up. So, um, it looks like Tampa's gonna Tampa's gonna get two big events um, in the in the uh, in the calendar year with uh, Super Bowl and WrestleMania, and uh, there, it looks like they're going to uh, they're going to allow fans in, in both of those events. WrestleMania being two nights, um, twenty five thousand people each night. Uh, I can only imagine that um, with WrestleMania, they're gonna. They're going to kind of add some elements of the Thunderdome to the stadium so it doesn't look empty, if you know mm-hmm, what I mean. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if we see them. They spend a little bit more on production to, to kind of make it look better for, for television purposes, but they might not make their nut at the gate when it comes to tickets and, and, and things like that. But I, I, I think this would be more or less a moral victory for them um, coming up. But uh Speaking of victories, at one time, th- this was a victory for Mark Merrill being married to Sable oh, yeah. as he makes his way down to the ring. Um, he was quite the salesman if he was able to land her, but he apparently couldn't hold on to that. And look at this. Mascaris dumping two guys out. There this is the go. big spot right here. He's going to jump. Here we go. For he didn't want to do the off. job, so therefore he jobbed himself out of the match. <laughs> Mark Merrill that. coming in And then he gets there. back in there. What? What, amigo? No job? No? See? I I thought I jump over the top rope. Hey, no, I I know I know win the match. No, that's my finish. Yeah, I win. So oh, oh, as stupid oh, oh, wow, fucking. <sighs> you know, sometimes the ego. Yes, the ego and the and the page. Oh damn, look at that. Goldust eliminating Hunter didn't last very long here. We got the wild man, Mark Merrill. Yes, indeed. Uh, standout um, between these two, the, they they came from the 1992 uh, marking out the days era that we covered. That's right. Uh, even, even Austin, Austin too, as well. Yeah. There. Yeah. Look at that. Austin Owen is another one that could have been involved because uh, he did have a tryout briefly with WCW around that time. He did. Yes, he did. But then uh, Brett said. Uh, Brett called him and said, Owen, uh, you know, I need you to, uh, I need you to, to come work for Vince. Because uh, we need, need to, to go against, work. against each other. Again, yeah, we, we're going to Here's go the Latin lover other. coming down. Now, is that Hector Garza or is that the Latin that lover? That is Latin lover. Because um, I could have sworn that was Hector Garza. No, it's it's Latin lover, which is Victor Manuel Residenz Ruiz. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's, that's quite the tongue twister yeah. there, buddy. I, I wouldn't have been able to uh, pronounce that. I would have totally butchered this guy's name. Um, yeah, Austin has been kind of uh, held down by Owen during this time. Wow, nice spinning back kick by Latin Lover. There was a line in this Royal Rumble. I remember Jerry Lawler said, he goes, Latin Lover here to give, to, to give a little Latin loopy loo. I don't even know what the fuck that meant, but it was funny as shit when he said it, right. too. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Austin and Mero mm-hmm. going at it. Reliving their King of the Ring 1996 uh, interaction with each other. It was Austin who had defeated Mero to get to the finals. Yeah, got a busted lip uh, with some stitches there, too. The Ricky Steamboat spot from Owen Hart. 
you know, skin and the cat. Always like that in a Royal Rumble match. Oh, 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 oh. Now we're getting Is Owen? some. Oh, oh, there we go. Owen eliminating Goldust. Okay, see you later. Goldust, old dust. He's, he's still gone. he's still putting in work in the ring. He did. He has he eight. Him, you know, he's yeah. Him and QT Marshall are really setting the world on fire over at AEW. God forbid, man. Oh, speaking of uh, setting the world on fire, in 1992, this man uh, set the world on fire with his shocking world title win over Vader. But now he is uh, in 1997. He's completely the opposite. It's Farouk of the Nation of Domination. Yeah, and they kind of based it off that character, but with aggression towards the industry. You know. That's true. Yep. Yeah. He, he, he. You know, I liked it. I liked the. Character. I liked the storytelling, the and then the the match between him and Undertaker had a lot of storytelling going into it. Yes, where he kind of like talked about how there was no black world champion, and and this was interesting too. I like this interaction between these two. These two could definitely. Uh, Oh, look at this. Yeah, I think they, had, they had a good feud going, uh, Farouk and Austin, but uh, I think, yeah, in a way, Austin's Austin shine and the, the rub and the heat that he was getting, uh, Farouk was 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 gone, you know? He, yeah. His days were numbered as a, as a veteran. Yes, yeah, he was yeah, he was starting to wind down his full-time career. Ahmed Johnson out with seven two-by-fours all put together. Um, had to outdo Hacksaw Jim Duggan here. Look at that. Jesus Christ. That's, uh, if Hacksaw Jim Duggan's 2x4 had a boner, that would have been <laughs> Well, at least he's um, he's you know bringing some foreshadowing to the uh, what what match will take place at, in Chicago. Yes, the uh, the street fight, which is actually not a bad little no, match, I'll be honest I think we with talked you. about like, that. It, it is a fun little match on that WrestleMania. Sario Vega, number one. Yes, Sario, I come to beat Stone Cold Steel. And these guys have a history as well. They have life. the uh, strap match from last year, correct? Yes, which is a great match, by the way. Anybody want to go check that out? In Your House, Beware of Dog 2 um, on the WWE Network. You can find that match, strap match, where uh, Savio Vega and Steve Austin light each other up with that strap. Um, wasn't really the biggest fan of this rivalry as a kid. Didn't appreciate it, but um, in recent years, uh, I've watched... Uh, I've watched a lot of 1996 wrestling between this and WCW, and there's a lot of hidden gems that I really didn't appreciate as a youngster. But as, as you know, a, a 38 years young that I am, I was like, "Wow, this is actually some pretty good stuff." Mm-hmm. I can see why some. I can see why the announcers really put this shit over. Yeah. Um, and again, this is oh, this, this is more storytelling because uh, Austin is finally getting the elimination on Savio. You know. Jesus, look at this, man. Austin was just on fire here. Like th- like I said, I, this this performance really did it for yeah. me. Um, just eliminating guys left and right. Um, see here, see the replay here. He dumps Owen. He dumps Mark Merrow at the same time. And then Savio comes out. I think there's like one or two more guys he's going to dump out before we get the uh, the big reveal of uh, of him and Brett. Hooking it up, which I'll play the audio. Oh for yeah, that. there's the, the, there's one yeah. more. We got Jesse James coming out next. Road Dog, that's Road right. Road. Yeah, the real Double J, that's right. Spend my days working hard on the go with the hands on the clock, keep spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. We're in some nice SmackDown colors. That's them calling for infringement. We cannot sing that song right now, Dave. We cannot sing that song. We said we sang more than thirty seconds of the song. I Jesus think. Christ! They're see. You know what? My wife was right. They are listening through our iPhones. They are. They are indeed. 
Look at this, the, the the fabulous Jackie Fargo strut there from good old Road Absolutely. Dog. Absolutely. Oh, not Didn't, out yet. But doesn't last long Boom. at all. And here is the famous spot. Dave, you want to get the audio ready? Yeah, I'll have the audio ready in, in just a moment here. Um, let, me you know, let me pop it on right now. Yeah. Just uh, revel in this. This is awesome. What a reaction, too. Yeah. And the crowd is so hot for this. I mean, they were so hot for Brett as well. It's undeniable he was one of the top guys in the business at the time. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, even though it's even though it's a Shawn Michaels town, they still, you know, they, they, they still appreciated, you know, Brett's contributions. Um, this was the much edgier um, version of Bret Hart um, at this time. This is when... You know, things were, the, the the wheels were starting to fall off of the hitman. Well, like I've uh, talked when it about, came to like the, the his uh, relationship with the fans. Yeah, like I've talked about with Jimmy, uh, a lot of times it's the origin of attitude, where everybody started to get a little bit of a uh, shades of gray in their character, and it was uh, you know starting to break the break the lines of kayfabe. And now let me ask you, um, you you did you cover this event we, um, on origins of attitude? We did not in. In detail, like as far as you and I going over this match, we just you know we covered okay. the results and what questionably happens between these characters right here in the storyline, um, as well as uh, the result of Shawn Michaels losing the title, and then we go into the background information as far as behind the scenes uh, talks. Okay, all right. And Jerry Lawler, yeah, but you covered you covered a lot of '97 though. Oh right? yeah, we went from '96 to '98 WrestleMania. Okay. So that's the origin of attitude is the the storyline being told there between these uh, the four characters of Vince, Brett, Sean, and Austin. Uh, but oh. yeah, but then there you know there's oh, quick elimination there from Jerry Lawler. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff that um, you know going back and watching the Rawls, you know there was a lot of stuff with Goldust, Brian Pillman, uh, you know other things and elements that got us into the Attitude Era. But definitely. Uh, the storyline and the role of the authority figure and the top wrestler and contract contract disputes uh, will never be the same. Okay. You know? Gotcha. Okay. Wow, and some great stuff. Brett laying it in here as well, getting the heat on Austin. They had a great rivalry the last year. Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the ninety six Survivor Series match is is Harold is a classic. Um, you know between these two. Uh, Brett didn't look like he missed a beat in that match. He was gone, you know, for eight months, and then they just kind of continued. What was interesting about 
that I've that I've learned to appreciate more during this during you know as I get older was that time frame between like '96 with Survivor Series and Bret and Austin, then you had Sean and Sid, but then they kind of intertwine the four of them, um, and then you kind of throw Vader in the mix because he was in the title picture, maybe even Undertaker, like. That was a, this was a very underrated time period, and the, and they clearly were heading in the direction of Brett and Sean for WrestleMania for this year, um, based yeah. for this particular yep. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, if I'm not mistaken, the 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 story I've heard was was they had Brett Brett pegged to win this thing all along, um, and it was on an episode of Livewire where Vince Russo, who was playing the role of Vic Venom, um gave out his prediction that Bret Hart was going to win the Royal Rumble match. And I guess in the way that he had delivered that um, in, in, the, in the promo, Vince didn't like it, so they kind of called an audible, and they went with the finish they went with with Austin. Interesting. But, but they eventually wanted to get back to Bret getting the shot at WrestleMania. Right. Um, so um, that's what I heard was that Vince just felt like, well, now it's too obvious because, you know, the magazine writer predicted Brett to win the whole thing. So now we got to switch things up, which, you know, I never saw that. Right. I believe that um, that is in Brett's book. He mentions that as well. Nice sternum shot there as we see Kane in his first uh, rumble as well. Not first rumble. Actually, he was DDS in, the la- in 94, correct? Or 95, 96. 96, yeah. Oh, here he is, the goddamn Funker. I'm going to beat somebody up. I'm going to take my time. (laughs) That's a good Terry Funk. That's better than mine. Shit. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff with with this time, like you said, me being nine years old and watching this, I got this on a tape delay because my aunt and uncle had the black box. And uh, they they taped it for me, and I got it like the week after because the following Monday Night Raw, you know, there was all the bitching by Brett, and there's a famous uh, you know promo there by Brett uh, talking about bullshit. Um, You know, it's a great moment in Raw history, and you know, for building the storyline of the Attitude Era, building the plot points to where we get to WrestleMania. But I was like, what happened at the Royal Rumble? And of course, they could only show pictures, uh, so I was I could not wait to pop that VHS in and once I saw this happening um, and of course the moment that we'll talk about eventually um, in this match I was like I I was so pissed off um, because I I was a I I don't know I I, I didn't understand the uh, why people even cheered for Austin at the time I guess because I was so gung-ho on Brett and I, I didn't understand the quality of a good bad guy yeah yeah, trust me, it, it, it took me a little bit, too, to really kind of appreciate the bad guys more. Um, there were certain, like, instances throughout my wrestling fandom before this period of time where, for whatever reason, I just, ever. I just... Oh, that was terrible, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And The Rock! But there were... <laughs> He's coming to lay the smack... Oh, never mind, that's not him. Rocky Maivia here. JR, that's a blue chipper here, gonna strut his stuff on pay Wow, we see The Rock and Austin locking it up right there. And The Rock still has yeah. that, that drama to him, the, those same kind of punches, you know? Except he doesn't do that, like, flip-flop crossover with the two-arm, like, right there. Right. Yeah, he doesn't do that. Well, when but when he, he was yeah. when he was The Rock and, that, you know, the, the suede shoes and stuff, he would, hit, he would hit a lick like that every now and then. Every now and then, but it wasn't, like, his normal. Right. Um, and then, you know, he got rid of the... Um, 
he got rid of the chia pet haircut um but you know want to know something interesting i don't know if you remember um you remember shotgun saturday absolutely night. okay so you remember when they used to like film on location like different like weird areas like nightclubs or bars yeah. or mm-hmm. So they were in Texas the night before live at like 11 o'clock. And I remember they brought Terry Funk out. And Terry Funk, I think, like dropped an F-bomb on, t- on oh live boy. TV. And then he had like a like a, like a a ballroom brawl with Steve Austin um, to end the show. Wow. And it, it kind of carried over into this pay-per-view here between the two of them um, with their interaction in the match. They mentioned it in That's a commentary. That's funny as hell. I did not know that. Yeah. Look at the legends yeah. that are in the ring right now, man. Yeah, think about it. You have, you know, the fake Diesel, which is Kane. Mick Foley making his way out as Mankind. Terry Funk, The Rock, Steve Austin, and Bret Hart. <laughs> what a time yeah. to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, seriously. Funk's in the Hall of Fame. Bret's in the Hall of Fame. Foley's in the Hall of Fame. Austin's in the Hall of Fame. It's only Kane and Rock that haven't made it yep. yet. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they will. Only a matter of time. Point. Yeah. Are you looking forward to The Rock's show coming out on uh, television? Young Rock? Or Young I, Wayne, I, or what is it? Yeah, I've heard it's I've heard it's actually pretty okay. good. Um, I'll have to check it out. Uh, put it on the put it on the DVR, and then whenever I have time, I'll, I'll I'll go back and watch it. I just hope it's not fucking silly like that that Chris Rock show that was I'm, like Young. I'm Chris thinking Rock, it's gonna like, be like that though. Uh, which then, then which I I don't know what they're gonna do when they're talking about WWF because that's gonna have to be really silly, huh? Uh. Well, yeah, I would imagine that. Um, I would imagine that because you know it's an NBC uh, affiliated program, NBC Universal, that they'll be able to kind of splice in old footage of WWF because of because Raw is on you know USA Network, which is owned by NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that they'll be they'll have that ability to splice that stuff in, um, you know, like maybe like as like a flashback scene of some sorts, yep. or you know, like Young Rock watching his dad on TV, you know, oh nice little uh, chin buster there, jawbreaker. From Austin to Brett. Yeah, not so much a stunner, uh, but uh, you know. Uh, Flash, you are so funky. <laughs> oh man, knee high boots. He looks like a he looks I like a hoe this. in uh, Texas. He looks like a Texas yeah. stripper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Texas stripper coming out with a jumpsuit on and knee high boots. Yeah, for real, dude. You just hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> He does. Oh, here's a here's a pile driver. driver. Hell yeah! Yeah. And he didn't paralyze him. No, he goes. See, I I have the 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 the, I take great pride in my work because uh, I've never heard I've never heard. And you know how I know that every time I do a move, I say, "Are you okay?" (laughs) And they say, "I'm okay." (laughs) If I see their fingers moving, then everything's fine. Capping it off at the legends, Flash Funk. I liked Two Cold Scorpio. I think I think Same. Flash Funk was just a a flash in the pan. Yeah, I was kind of glad when they when they let him be Two Cold Scorpio. I thought he would have been. I thought honestly, the Two Cold Scorpio character would have been a nice like mid card, you know, babyface Intercontinental European Championship sort of um, territory. Um, but you know, they had to. Um, they had to make him one of the Isley had, brothers. Yeah, for. <laughs> <laughs> For real, you're not lying there. Um, who's coming out next? Two, one, eh. man, get a better buzzer. Oh, Vader time! Oh man, Vader. 
Yeah. Big and man, taking his time. Last year, uh, the 1996, uh, you discussed this one year, kicking out of two, uh, Trading Places, he had made his debut. So this is his one-year yes. anniversary of being with the Fed. And they did yeah. not utilize him the way that you know, we thought. I mean, we talk about that there's a been lot. Lots of, there's been lots of theories about why he wasn't utilized, whether it was injuries, and I'm sure that plays a factor. You know, they, the, the old, oh, it was bad timing, um, which you know, I, I, in this case I find that to be bullshit. And then, of course, the incident with Shawn Michaels yeah. at the 96 SummerSlam. Did you know? Where he botched some of the, the, the spots in the match. So I think, it's been, I think it was a combination of a few things. But, Thunderous um, blow. Yeah, Vader was Vader was a wasted opportunity in WWE. Absolutely, in WWF. But I mean, he had that great moment at the Fatal Four Way uh, a couple months later. Yeah, it was actually after this pay per view. It was the um, the main event? It was him. It was. It stems from the finish of this rum, of this rumble. Yeah, with the blood, with the chair shot to the yep, face. The final four. Yeah. Um, the final four. Yeah. Final four, which actually wasn't the true final four. Kane, the fake Diesel, is one of the last final four. Uh, and you can quote me on that. I remember that vividly as a kid being like, no, that's not the last four. Well, if you think about it, okay, if you think about it, Brett eliminated Diesel, okay? But Austin was the one to eliminate uh, the other three. Okay. Well, I, well, I mean, yes, yeah, I get it. Yeah. From a sense that, like, yeah, like, Kane truly, your Diesel, fake Diesel, whatever. Here's the other half-cousin of, uh, uh, of, uh... Wait, waiting to meet some, uh, waiting to meet some ring rats, probably. <laughs> some UK ring rats. Jeez, it was funny as hell to hear that. Uh, I suggest going... That is hilarious. I, I suggest going and looking for that video because there is a... a, a the fan with the handycam does a, a screen-up shot of him in all his Shawn Michaels gear, and it is hilarious. Oh and he's also... Oh, you're going to have to post yeah, that on he's, social media. He's, uh, I definitely will. He's uh, he's he's videotaping Shawn while he's working out, and they make him leave. He's a, he got a lot of good footage, but at the time, I'm sure everyone was like, who the hell is this kid with a full-on video camera? Recording us all dressed like Shawn Michaels, head to toe. Dude, I, I I get being a fan, but then there's like just like you know going a little overboard. Like I've seen like pictures of like guys like snapping pictures of dudes in the bathroom. Oh, like there's 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 like a, a legendary one out there of like Randy Orton washing his hands, and some kid and his father are like taking pictures of him as he's washing his Jeez. hands in a bathroom. It's funny too because I uh, a couple years ago I went into a, a something to wrestle eighty three weeks live show with uh, Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard, and there was a local independent wrestling manager in Connecticut. He went by the name Big Dad. Daddy, and he was like some short little bald guy, and he was actually at the show, and he um, oh look at this the lights are number out, thirty which correct. must mean Sabu's coming out right no oh it's the Undertaker yep he is number thirty and if I'm not mistaken Making this it. is this is this will be the first but not the last time he's number thirty in the rumble correct. Correct. He uh, he would he would be number thirty um, in two, ten years later in two thousand seven when he won the Royal Rumble Very match. Cool. Uh, he would be the first wrestler to win at number thirty. Again, a callback. Um, Long time storytelling. That's right. Yeah, they they must have said take. Ten. Remember when you were 30 in 97? Well, you're going to be 30 in 07, and you're going to win this whole goddamn thing. And then Take's probably like, well, goddamn, that, uh, that's quite the storytelling you have there. there. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Continue on your story. The, the guy Big Daddy. 
Oh, so he so he snaps a shot, a selfie of him and Bischoff after Bischoff had just taken a piss. Oh and the only reason I know this is because I was in there using the bathroom. I didn't even know Bischoff was in the bathroom. Like, and then like I get out of the bathroom, I go to wash my hands, and he's fucking snapping a selfie as Bischoff literally just got off the urinal before he could even wash his fucking that hands. Funny. At the t- and I just remember, I just remember walking out, and I'm just like, wow, what a fucking mark. <laughs> and I don't like using that term in a derogatory manner when it comes to fans because we're all marks, but you fucking deserve it if you're gonna take a picture of a dude after he had just touched yeah, his absolutely. dick. Yeah, absolutely. Like. For real. Like, that's ridiculous. And we get a pairing of uh, Kane and Undertaker there, and I bet you Undertaker realized, damn, he's he's taller than me. I better stand back a little bit. Um, but <laughs> it, it's interesting here, too, that um, building up Undertaker on the house show circuit, a lot of times he was... Uh, Ooh, watch this right here. Watch Vader. Sorry. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. See you later, I Funk. I love that spot. And I'm talking about Flash Funk. Yeah, that was a good spot there. All right, go ahead. Uh, a lot of the time he... Uh, he was battling, you know, Mankind, Vader, and Austin a lot on the house show circuit. So Austin and Undertaker yes. got a lot of time to work together before we saw it uh, on TV more, um, before they were put in the main event spot. Look at this spot again. Yeah, that was a great bump there. Scorp- Scorpio definitely sold And then that. going back to Vader a little bit, trailing back, you know, the, the conflict between Brett and Sean about uh, heading into Montreal, uh, Three guys that Brett named were Austin, Undertaker, and Vader were people that he would drop the title to. I heard Shamrock. Another was named Shamrock, too. yes, as well. Shamrock yeah. was mentioned in there, but I don't think Shamrock had enough uh, time in the ring to, uh, you know. But it could have made a new star as well. It could have, yeah. Well, it's funny thing too is that Shamrock, I guess, wrestled Michaels on TV before that Survivor Series um, and the Go Home edition of Raw, um, kind of doing a little foreshadowing that he was going to be involved in, uh, you know, a, a, a top storyline. He eventually would headline the next pay per view against Sean. But um, yeah, yeah, um, Vader, Undertaker, Austin, yeah, viable names at that time. I feel like that could have held the title. Um, and could have been the remedy uh, to the uh, you know to the issues between Brett and Vince and Sean, but uh, at the same time, I don't think wrestling would be what it was if it wasn't for that big screw job. You know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, That's I, the I, whole premise of uh, Origin of Attitude. Those those building blocks. This whole last year, uh, you know, leading to that screw job and the whole event afterwards are just changed the face of the industry forever. Yeah. Oh, was that Henry Gowan? Is he gone yet? No, not yet. He did the old skin the cat too with Undertaker. You take out Henry Godwin and you got yourself a ring full of Hall of Famers right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and to think at the time, The Rock is the one that's kind of slept on a lot um, throughout the next year. They do try to they do try to build him with the Intercontinental title and he he, he does find his voice, but uh, it, it, it it's not without them trying to you know see where he can go first. Yeah, I mean they even kind of acknowledged on TV like you know the fact Rocky that, like, sucks, Rocky sucks, yeah, yeah, like you know like he's not you know the, the audience isn't really taking to him and you know they they gave him a little bit of a losing streak too you mm-hmm. know as this rookie like can you imagine if he didn't so, recover from that you know yeah i don't know where he would have been honestly 
I really don't know where he would have been. Do you think he would have been as successful? Oh, that was no, a nice No, if he didn't recover from that and if he didn't uh, quickly, you know, th- think on his feet and go back to his Flex Cavana character uh, and turn heel after that losing streak, he would have been buried in the middle. I, I, me as a kid, I was a – I told you I liked baby faces. So when I saw Rocky yep. Maivia, I was like, wow, shit, and he's sec- – But do you think he would have had a successful career in Hollywood? Do you oh. think wrestling – he needed to go through wrestling yes, to Yes, yes, absolutely. To okay. There is no okay. way because 1998, 1999, and 2000 – the years that the Rock – Dwayne The Rock Johnson got the exposure on TV to where – uh, you know, millions and millions of viewers saw him, including celebrities like who are into in the industry now. Now they look up to The Rock. You know, they're like, I used to watch yep. you as wrestling. You know, um, it, it's interesting how that that you know flipped itself. We saw that elimination yes. just yes, a moment ago with Rock getting eliminated by Mankind with the mandible claw. You know, Rock to, to me, you know, but he flipped yes, it I'm to where actors kind of want to see the 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 wrestler. You know, where before it was wrestlers oh, to see the actor. No, I absolutely I agree. I, I think too that when it comes to Rock, he's he's become such a big movie star that people forgot that he mm-hmm, wrestled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That like it's to the point where like he was what in the business for what, six years. Yes. At best, six years. Think about it. You know. Oh, nice elimination there by mankind. Terry is so winded here. (laughs) Well, I mean, he couldn't fucking last. You know, that's why he was so late in the goddamn rumble. Come on now, you weren't gonna. They should have put him at thirty. They said the new Undertaker. (laughs) Yeah. Undertaker there, you eliminate mankind, and this is where things go off the rails. That gets us to the finish that we're about to see shortly here. Mankind and Terry Funk going at it. And ironically enough, the following year in 98, Mankind and Terry, Mick Foley and Terry Funk would uh, would have some classic interactions with each other in the Royal Rumble match um, as Chainsaw Charlie and then Mick Foley as the three faces of Foley. Oh, here it is right now. Yep, boom. Austin eliminated by Bret Hart. That got a big pop. And that's what me but, as, you know, uh, not understanding the storyline, I'm like, well, there's the final four. Oh, right here. Boom. And Brett eliminating Diesel. And then Austin. Yeah, this is great right here. Boom. And Austin is your winner. By hooker, by crook, skin of his teeth, he eliminates Brett the Hitman Hart to win the Royal Rumble match, even though the referees did not see his elimination, which... I, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, I always wondered, whoa, I wonder what that guy is thinking with that hairstyle in the front row. Holy so, shit. All right, hear me out, Dave. So even if we go back, wh- what the refs just saw is Brett eliminating Diesel, but Austin eliminating Brett after that. So then the last two were Taker and Vader flipped out at the same time. So mm-hmm. they just skipped over the fake Diesel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. I get it. But as a kid, I was like, wait, what about fake diesel? No, I understand. I I understand where you're coming from here. Um, Yeah. Brett Brett is doing a good subtle heel turn, too. Um, Building the the blocks here to that full-on heel turn where we would have... uh, Oh, yeah, he goes off on fence, too. Del Rio loves the WWF. There we go. There was the sign. Okay, there's your sign. Yeah, there's your sign. Yeah, he goes off on Vince, too. This was like the early... 
It was almost like they were building towards Montreal with him and Vince in these interactions. If you uh, that's why it. a like, lot of people thought it was uh, kind of it was work. work. But uh, look at it, like think about it here. He he. He ruffles Vince around here. Then the next night he has it out with Vince again. Yeah, absolutely. Then then he shoves Vince on his ass after the cage match against Sid in March, leading up to WrestleMania. You know, that's where he starts. Yeah, he's cussing up a storm yep. right now, but he was cussing on TV. Then when he in August he finds out Michaels is the referee for the match with him and Undertaker, he roughs Vince up at the table. The original. And then he fucking knocks Vince out in the, the original Stone Cold. The original origin of Attitude is Bret Hart's yeah. character during this time. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really. This was yeah. a great finish. This is, this is why I love this Royal Rumble match itself. People sleep on this Rumble match, but this is a great Rumble match. The finish and then what it led to with the, the final four with Brett, Austin, Undertaker, and Vader. That was a great match, too. You know, um, it's too bad that Sean lost his smile. Um, and we didn't get to see Brett and Sean again at WrestleMania because I feel like now, and I didn't appreciate it back then, but now. The, the the collision course they were headed with the two of them was just unreal and we're gonna we're gonna pause it here um, at two hours eighteen minutes and sixteen seconds I mean you can watch the rest of the Royal Rumble event if you want on your own but as far as this podcast and this recording uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here um, with this. Royal Rumble 1997 watch along. Uh, Kobe, this was a lot of fun, oh, yeah. man. I, uh, I, I'm glad we got to do this uh, as we head into the uh, the 2021 Royal Rumble. If you could predict who's going to win the men's and who's going to win the women's, give us give us uh, give us your predictions. Um, you know what? I'm going to go if he's ready again. Uh, I guess Edge. Um, he had a he had a big okay. showing out at last year's um, Royal Rumble, coming back, making a return, mm-hmm. and then kind of got. Hindered with the uh, cinematic cinematic version of him and Randy Orton having a match at WrestleMania, and then an injury after that. After having the greatest match of all time, don't forget that. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, I think he's a guy that still has a lot of steam, and people want to see him return and maybe win. Um, and he's a veteran, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of talent. It's hard for me to choose in WWE at this time when I feel a lot of the booking is 50-50 to where I don't know who's yeah. going to get a chance in rotation this year. Yeah. No, I, I, I could what see What about you? What about the women? Uh, oh, women? I could see Asuka maybe coming back again. Maybe them trying to push Asuka one more time. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Even though she's the champ? Oh, oh, I'm sorry then. Uh, see how much I, I watched WWE? I thought that they were yeah. pushing her towards the uh, title the last time I saw. No, well, she's, got, she's got the title. She was gifted the well, title from Becky Lynch, if you remember. That's right. Yeah, she's kept it since then. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, she she lost it once to Sasha, and then she got okay. it back. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe Bailey. Uh, Bailey still has uh, like a little bit of steam. Is she the champion? Am I botching that? Okay. I don't know. What about you? What about All you? Right. For the men, I think Edge will come back. I think it's to set up a, a, a blow-off match with Randy Absolutely. Orton. Um, so I think well, I think I think Randy Orton's going to have a busy night at the Rumble between you know Edge 
making his mark if he returns um, or even like an interaction with the fiend from what it looks like on television um, but as far as my picks for the men go I'm kind of 50-50 on two guys Cesaro mm-hmm. and Daniel Bryan okay. um, they've been kind of leaning towards Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns uh, with some of the interaction that Daniel Bryan and, and Paul Heyman have had on television lately um, you know they have back history from 2015 so I feel like that um between the two of them and the history they have in 2015 when Reigns won and the audience wanted Brian to win and then you know they had that march to mania that year there was a lot going on between the two of them I feel like that's something they could play off of uh, between the two of them and then Cesaro who really had a standout performance recently on Smackdown in a victory over Daniel Bryan I feel like they're going to kind of give him a little bit more of a, a chance and opportunity um, it wouldn't surprise me if they have him and Bryan at one and two and they end with those two guys and it's just one of them so those are those are my two for the, the men's match I, I think it's going to be one or the other um, for as the women's match goes, I think we're going to see Rhea Ripley win the Royal okay. Rumble, um, and I think she's going to face Charlotte in a rematch at WrestleMania, okay. um, and kind of, kind of uh, put the the back end of their story um, together because the two of them, you know, Charlotte won last year. She chose Rhea Ripley uh, to uh, to face off at WrestleMania last year, and they had an incredible match for for an empty arena match. Those two girls beat the shit out of yeah. each other. And so I think I think we're going to see that again. Uh, this time, Charlotte as the champ and, uh, and uh, you know, what's his face? Uh, Rhea as the challenger. Right on, right on. Good predictions. I can't wait. It feels weird with it being at the end of the month. Does it not? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm used to it kind of being like, like I thought it was last weekend. Yeah, I mean it's funny too. Like they, they they schedule it so that like they don't have any kind of competition with with uh, playoff football. It's usually it's usually the week after the um, the the AFC and NFC championships and a week before the Super Bowl. So um, yeah, that's sometimes they've done it in the middle of the month, like this particular one, January nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven. But uh, yeah, they um, they managed to carve out a weekend for themselves, which is uh, which is good for them, so they don't have any competition to uh, to yeah. worry about. Okay, well, uh, everybody, if you enjoyed the show, please like, rate, review, share, and subscribe. That's the only way we will grow and continue to give you some awesome content here, as we always do. And like I said, if uh, you want to check out any more of our shows in the archive, we have hundreds of hours, uh, hundreds of episodes as well. Retromania with a W. Thank you, everybody. Dave, take care. Happy Rumble. And uh, I I will talk to you, man. Thanks a lot. Happy Royal Rumble.